Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening. That gives me an image of healing in somebody's life. That shows me that there is healing in someone's life. In Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 3, it says, Then we turned around and headed back across the wilderness towards the Red Sea, just as the Lord had instructed me. And we wandered around this region of Mount Seir for a long time. Here's the point of the verse I want to share. Then at last the Lord said to me, You have been wandering around in this hill country long enough. Turn to the north. This is a whole story in itself from Deuteronomy. Go check it out. Go read it. There's so much more. I'm not going to explain what's really like everything that's going on right here. But what um, came to my heart with this verse is how many times has God told us you have been wandering around this place for too long? Turn to the north. You have been dealing with this issue for so long. It's time to move on. You have been hiding from uh, dealing with this for so long. It's time to face it. You have been sitting in the same, um, you know, uh, thought for so long. It's time to remove it. You know, you have been allowing this to eat you up for so long. It's time to move. In the same way, that was what God was sharing with them and where they were in life. He said, get up and go. In Proverbs 24, 30 through 31, it says, I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. This verse is talking about when we choose to just be lazy and say, not lazy like, hey, if you need to rest, rest, guys. It's not about that. But this verse is talking about when we... um, when we choose to uh, just be lazy in life and not pursue what we need to do, blah, blah, blah. But when I read this today, it made me think, thought, think of our thoughts, of the things that we're avoiding, of the issues we don't want to deal with that we're running from. Does your mind right now, does your thoughts feel like it's overgrown with nettles, that it's covered with weeds and that the walls are broken down? Is that how your mind feels right now? I know that recently what I've been sharing with you, that's how it felt out of nowhere. And it felt like, wait a second, where did all this come from? Where did all these weeds come from? Where did, It's overgrown and I feel like I can't get out of it. And when I read this verse, it made me think of the times we don't deal with our thoughts, the times we don't deal with our issues, the times that we just let it, build a whole tree or grow a whole tree in our mind and then we look at it and it's uncontrollable and then we're like what do we do God what do I do and so you know we can't just lay around and just be like I'm fine when our mind is out of control when our thoughts are everywhere when our fears are rampant where our worries and our issues are overtaking us and so 
you know, I know the, the verses I shared weren't like specifically stating I'm fine, but I feel like each one of them gave an idea to how we live like that sometimes. Whether it's, you know, you're in a place for so long and it's time to move or the, you know, the, the life you want to be filled with light. But sometimes there's those dark corners that we got to get out. And then lastly, when we allow our mind to overtake us and our thoughts, these negative thoughts and, and these negative issues to have total control, that is not what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to find healing. So I am fine. Let's move on to our second point, face it. So really quick, um, some of you may or may not have heard the, the popular story of David and Goliath in the Bible. Um, it's such a good story, right? It's powerful. You hear it at VBS, but then you hear it on a Sunday morning, you know, and uh, at church. And people can take this story and share so many points from it. Um, but I'm going to read it really quick. For those of you who've heard it before, listen. For those of you who haven't, listen. And there's, there's a lot more to this story, but I'm going to share a segment of it. And it is a little bit long longer than what I usually share, um, but really just take a moment and, and enjoy like a story time. Imagine this going on um, in, in your mind. And I'm kind of starting right in the middle. And, and it says, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with the club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I mean, dude, that's hardcore. Imagine your young, like, 10-year-old son doing that, like, not even afraid of a lion. Like, this is real life right here. I have done, done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail, David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. Saul said, hey, or take my armor so you can go fight him and be successful. And David tried to, he's like, no, this is uncomfortable. It's too gaudy. It's not my style. You know, I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then he he armed then armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled and David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin. Here it is. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God 
of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. I know, intense. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into a shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell down fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they turned and ran. So that was a long story, and I hope you were able to bear with me and envision this in your head. But when I read this, it made me think of us dealing with the giants in our life. There was all of these trained warriors and that could have um, had every reason to be confident to go and, and conquer this one giant, this huge giant. Yes, but there is many, many, many men. And who was it that came out was this boy with no armor with no weapons, but just a couple of stones. What was the difference between him and these thousands, if you will, billion, I don't even know how many, but so many warriors that were afraid of this one giant. They had all the weapons they needed. They had all the armor. They had everything you would think they needed to defeat him. But this boy, David, was confident because simply because the Lord was his strength because he was coming in the name of the Lord. He didn't need weapons. He didn't need all of the stuff. He just knew that if he went with Jesus, that if God was fighting with him, that he could destroy any giant in his life. So it's time to face your giants. You don't have to be afraid anymore. If you face them alone, of course it's scary. But if you face them with the Lord of heaven's armies, then nothing will overtake you, destroy you, or take the victory over you. You have the victory in Christ. He is fighting with you. You already know the outcome with Jesus. It's to be on the winning team. Your giants will try to intimidate you. Remember in the story, Goliath was saying, what am I, a dog? I will feed you to the birds. How many times have you felt your thoughts, your past, your struggles whispering in your ear saying, you're not enough. Yeah, they're preaching about being healed, but you're not going to be healed. They're saying that God loves you, but God doesn't love you because you've actually done worse than every other soul and person on this whole entire planet. So you're exempt. You know, how many times have you heard your giants whispering words of defeat into your ear. You're not going to make it. You're not smart enough. You're not a good mom. Look at how you were raised. You don't know how to um, teach your kids about God. You don't even know God. Blah, blah, blah. Your giants will lie to you to scare you. They will tell you that you will never find freedom or healing, but that's simply not true. 
We have to begin to believe God's word over the enemies. You are not weak. You are not petty and you are not incapable. If you can deliver a baby, no matter how you did it, every way is hard. If not multiple babies, if you could do that, I mean, every time we, we're about to give birth, we're about to have our baby, you're, there's all kinds of thoughts in your head. Oh, snap, how's this going to go? What's going to happen? Is my water going to break? Or is it just contractions? Or is everything going to be okay? Blah, blah, blah. And then before you know it, boom, there it is. <laughs> the baby is there. If you could do that, then you can face any giants in your life. Come on. Sometimes you got to give yourself a pep talk. Sometimes, you know, we're all petty as women and we're emotional and we're defeated. Hey, I've been there. But sometimes the other day I was telling myself, man, Lauren, you're, you're bad. Like you're hardcore. I literally was in my head saying, come on, like just you're, you're hardcore, Lauren. Like I have to give myself like a, like a rude pep talk. Uh, be nice to yourself. But my point is if you can do that, you can face your giants. And so it's time to face it just like David, this little scrawny boy. And all he knew is that he had God on his side. And he was even angry and saying, you've defied the Lord? Oh, heck no. You know, he was so confident that God was going to give him victory because God was faithful to him before with the bears and the lions and God was going to be faithful to him again. God's been faithful to you before. How many other things have you overcome that you forgot in the midst of your current battle? How many battles have you been able to face and overcome? God was faithful then and he will be faithful now. And so don't let these giants whisper in your ear that you're going to be knocked out and they're going to win because they're not. And so moving on to our last point is it's time to heal. Time to heal. I have found that a lot of healing truly begins in our mind and our thoughts. I'm not saying that's a, a universal truth in 100%, but I have found that a lot of healing begins in our mind and our thoughts. The things that we have experienced have wired our thoughts and mind in specific ways, positive and negative ways. If you've been through trauma of some sort, it wires it in there. If you've been through a joyful experience, uh, whatever that looks like, it's within you. It does something in your mind and your body. Everything we experience shapes us. But I've recently realized that we have a choice to retrain our thoughts, to renew our mind. We are not victims of our life circumstances, but we are overcomers. We have the choice to remain a victim our whole life and say, well, this is how I am. I'm going to be depressed because of what I've been through. Don't you understand? I'm totally sensitive about that and totally understand. Someone who's experienced this much trauma compared to this much trauma, it might take this much longer than the other person. But that doesn't matter. It's not a race. It's not a, a tally system. My point is, is that we all have a choice to overcome and we do not have to remain a victim by our life circumstances. God has given us tools to overcome, to find freedom and to heal. But the truth is, is it's going to take work. Are you willing to get your hands dirty to fight for your healing? Or are you okay with settling in your pain? So many times, um, and even I've been there before, we want a quick fix. Okay, one prayer, I should be good and I'm going to feel better. 
I mean, right? That's how God works, right? God can do anything, but what when true healing is a process and it's gonna take time and it's gonna take effort from you. God can do anything, but God, it, it's not just, hey, God, do it. If you're not, you're a bad God. It's we have to put in work. We have to make an effort. We have to be a part of this journey and it takes work. So do you wanna fight for this? Or are you willing to settle in and make your home in your pain? It's your choice. But the fight and the hard work will be worth it. What are some practical ways to begin this journey of healing? All of our lives are different and God will give you a specific wisdom and opportunity and um, share with you specific things for your life that will bless you, that will bring healing, that will be a part of that journey. But here are some practical things that I personally think will work for anyone uh, who is seeking the Lord. One, getting into the Word is life-changing. As Christians, it's actually really rare that um, that that we read the Bible actively. It, you know, I think Homer has shared the statistic that like less than nine percent of Christians read their Bible. I'm not hating on anyone, but what I'm saying is. It's because we don't understand the power of it. We think, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, cool, but there's so much power in the Word of God. And it's like we have this like gift to like to read this Word that is life-changing, and it's just sitting on our uh, bookshelf, and we never open it, but it could change our lives. So anyways, I could go on and on. Getting into the Word of God. The Word itself renews your mind from believing lies to receiving the truth of God. Get into the word. Number two, find a good Christian-based book in a particular area that you're needing insight on. You know, I think number one, uh, get into the Bible first. I recommend that first. But I also think just like I haven't read a good book in a while, I'll be honest, because life is crazy, like literally. But I recently just felt this big nudge like it's time and I can start with baby steps. I'm going to just be graceful with myself and take a couple of pages at a time. Find a good book. Like I told y'all, got this book. If this sounds like something good to you, check it out. Get in there, right? Three, write down some scriptures, some affirmations, and declare them daily. What scriptures do you like? Whether it's in your Bible reading and something we talked about, something you see, write them down and read them daily. That's what I've been doing. Again, I haven't done it in a long time, but I'm doing it because my soul needs it. Find counseling if that's something you want, if that's something you feel like you need. Um, then do it. Counseling, what is it? Simply getting it out, simply talking about it and having someone be able to help you navigate through some stuff. That's it. It's simple. Um, shout out to a place that I found that a friend recommended called Abiding Hope. It's a Christian uh, counseling place here in town um, and they don't deal with insurance. It's like 20 to $50 per session um, and it's simple and they, and it, and they partner up with a certain counselor. And uh, yeah, so if anyone uh, wants any info on that, I can send it to you. There's another place or church in town that I used to go to years, years ago. And they do sozo prayer. And that's, in a sense, counseling. But it's more prayerful, a time of prayer, if you will, that kind of um, deals with some of the things in your heart currently. So that's really powerful, too. So check things like that out. Another one, start journaling your thoughts, your prayers, or maybe a list of what you're grateful for. I also haven't done that in a while. I kind of go back and forth, but recently I'm telling you, I feel like God is really 
um, done a work in my life the past couple of weeks and really I don't I don't know he's still doing it so it's hard to say what but he's really doing it and so my point is is I got my little handy dandy journal that Homer bought me what a while ago um, and I had two journal entries in it and they were um, cut off halfway through and I remember it's because a baby woke up and I never got back to it right and so I kind of thought it was funny but what I started doing the other day is just writing 10 things I'm grateful for that day what was I grateful for today and the other, other day I was like well I kind of want a journal so I started taking baby steps because when I start saying Lauren you need to journal your whole prayer every day I'm like overwhelmed I'm like I can't like I'm too tired but when I'm like oh just jot down a couple things I'm grateful for it helps to unravel my desire to to connect with God in that way um, a couple of other things uh, start journaling these are all just ideas um, open up to a trusted friend, a pastor, or a mentor. Talk to somebody. Connect to a church. Make church a part of your lifestyle and routine. Granted, I know life is crazy. It is hard for us to get our three children out of the door, go to church, and not just attend church, set up for church, and then tear down church, and then go home. It's a lot for us. So I understand as a mom, but guys, you will find excuse after excuse to not go to church. And I'm not beating anyone over the head to go to church whatsoever. But what I'm saying is there is so much power in going to church. One, for community. We all need Christ. We're all going to church for God. But we need, there is so much power with being around a community of people, worshiping God, learning with God together. You can listen to podcasts. All that is great and has really been life-changing, especially during the pandemic. And, you know, some of us are still, you know, a little leery of getting out. I understand. But my point is, there is a difference between listening to a message and being there to experience the whole movement of God. It is something different that you will only realize once you go and do it. And shout out, I know a great church in town called Gravetop Church. Uh, real down to earth. We love, There's a place for kids. I think you'd love it. Check us out. Gravetop.com, gravetopchurch.com. Anyways, but you have to take action. You have it in you, and you can do this. Don't allow your excuses to hold you back anymore. The only one believing your excuses is yourself. You are worth it. Healing is yours, and God is on your side and will walk with you every step of the way. It's time to heal. And I'm going to share a couple of verses as we close out. In Romans 8.37, it says, No, despite all these things, despite everything, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Isn't that a beautiful verse? Despite every and anything you've been through, not just victory, but overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's saying, you know, the world is going to teach you all kinds of stuff. Hey, if you get crystals and sage and rub it all over you and the whole moon and, and check out your horoscope and all this like cool, just put it all together in a big box, you'll be good. 
No, God's saying enough with all that. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Healing begins in our mind, renewal and transformation. In Proverbs 4, 20 through 21, it says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. I love this verse because it's saying like when we hear the word of God, when we listen to the word of God, when we obey the word of God and begin following him and letting him penetrate deep into our heart, it brings you life and it brings you healing. And it says to your whole body. I mean, it says that. It's not just like, oh, you know, you're going to be healed. It's like the word of God brings healing to your whole body. Don't you want that? We want that. Well, it's found in the word. And the last verse I'll share is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And it says, we are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And what is this saying that, yes, we're human, but we're not going to fight like humans do. It's saying that we have God's weapons, that we have the word of God to destroy strongholds in our life, to destroy lying thoughts, to destroy generational curses, to destroy um, things that have been holding us back from years, to destroy these negative, self-sabotaging, addictive, um, destroying thoughts and lies and issues that we have. It says that God has given us the weapons and it's in his word. And it begins with renewing our thoughts in these areas. And so with all that being said, we talked about today that it's time to heal. We have to deal to heal. We talked about being fine, saying I'm fine and how that's really standing in the way of our healing. We talked about facing it and we face it with God on our side, just like David. He was hardcore. He didn't care. And lastly, it's time to heal and healing begins in our mind. And there's so many practi practical ways to do that. And so with all that being said, I really hope that this spoke to 